Hello and welcome to Media Monsters, flying like a bat out of hell. On this episode, we will be discussing the Rocketeer. I am Nick, and as always, I am joined by Jim and Alex. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. How are you doing? How's your week been? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's good. 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 <laughs> good, man. Um, Watching a lot of TV this week again. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like TV's kicked back up again. Had a break to watch movies, and now I'm back to Disney Plus and uh, HBO Max. I'm excited about this week. Uh, we're watching the Joe Johnston uh, 1991 film, right? 1991? Rocketeer. Exactly. Starring, oh God, what's that guy's name? Billy he's Campbell. Like, he's a complete unknown. <laughs> yeah, Billy, <laughs> Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell's probably the only complete unknown in the entire movie. And yeah. He's the lead character. So Billy Campbell, Jennifer Connelly, Timothy Dalton, and um, Paul Sorvino, who just uh, recently passed away. Um, but anyway, Jim, uh, you uh, you picked this movie, so why don't you take it away, man? If anybody hasn't seen this, we're going to spoil it, but then again, you've had over 30 years to see it. If you want, you could stop right now and go watch it on Disney+. Plus. But the premise is that it is 1938 in L.A., so a very classic-looking L.A. golden era of very movies. Very art deco. Very art deco. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. And this is post prohibition but just on the cusp of the u.s getting drawn into world war ii the mob has stolen a jetpack from howard hughes and um in the in the midst of the pursuit they dump it in a plane hangar and our hero of the movie finds it and um, becomes uh, the rocketeer and all sorts of fun ensues i chose this because it's another great serialized movie i really wish that they had done several movies of this you know it's something similar to indiana jones where they could have just you know shown multiple stories uh, about the rocketeer but if you watch the movie they kind of blew it up at the end so they kind of that kind of closes the door on making sequels but it's well, something that i really at the wish same time they they do give you sequel bait anyway they do give them that that blueprint of the the jetpack they do yeah yeah. And, you know, like I said, it's got a really good cast on here. In fact, uh, the only unknown at that point was Billy Campbell playing Cliff Secord. This is his breakout role. And I love the style of it. Like I said, it's very art deco. It's had a lot of influence on um, like Disney's Hollywood studio has taken a lot of influence from this movie. The music in this movie is used in Epcot. Disney California Adventure practically has a whole land based on this in there they've changed the name of it a couple of times but this is where soren basically comes from condor uh, flats i think it is condor yeah, yeah that's what it used to be called condor flats i oh, think it's something else it. now yeah, yeah. They, they keep changing the name of that place a lot of the uh a lot of the buildings in celebration are are based in that art deco style like in the business section of celebration which is real cool yeah, yeah exactly i've visited celebration recently it's it's a very interesting looking town but yeah i I love the Art Deco style of this movie, especially that oh, the iconic helmet. It just it looks so great. Whoever uh, whoever designed that, I I read something that like Michael Eisner had fought for like a NASA style regular helmet. Ultimately, I think it was Joe Johnston who said like how they how they say he needs to change direction in the movies. Like that is yeah. that is the reason he gave for designing a helmet with like a fin like that with a, a rudder. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and it's amazing that they got such a classic movie out of this. Like you mentioned, there seemed to have been a lot of influence or, or the uh, the executive level kind of pushing who they wanted onto Joe Johnston. For Cliff Secord alone, get ready for this list. Uh, here's a list of names that were considered for this. Kevin Costner, Matthew Modine, who we've recently seen again in Stranger Things. Uh, Emilio Estevez, Bill Paxton, who I could definitely see, Dennis Quaid, no way, Kurt Dennis Russell. Quaid, I feel like Dennis Quaid would have been too old at this point for like a Cliff C chord. Hell, I feel like yeah. Kurt Russell was probably too old at this point. Well, I mean, Kurt Russell is kind of like copy and paste for any Disney movie with a, a male star, right? Uh, Johnny Depp, and this is pre-Pirates of the Caribbean, are, uh, are, are one of our favorite people, Vincent D'Onofrio was considered for Cliff Secord. And then it kind of goes off the rails a little bit more with Michael Keaton. Was this before or after Batman? This would have been after Batman because this was this 91 Batman. and Batman was 89. Alec Baldwin, which is ironic considering, uh, what did he show up in The Phantom? Showed up in uh, The Shadow. The Shadow. With long, with long hair. <laughs> where, he, where he got to shoot people on purpose. <laughs> 
Oh man, that's that's harsh. That's dark. Uh, and then Robin Williams, who I'm I'm much as I liked Robin Williams, this isn't the right fit for him. Mel Gibson, uh, Harrison Ford, one of Alex's favorite, uh, Ron Perlman, Tom Hanks, Michael J. Fox, and then Holy here's God. one. They, they went through like the entire Hollywood oh, yellow yeah. pages for this. Exactly. And here's one that goes totally off the mark. Richard Marks. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Richard Marks, the musician. <laughs> so this I, is based... I mean, I, that's what I heard about the casting process was like they could not find a guy for this. And I, I like I think at one point they were like they, they tested like one of the screenwriters. Well, yeah, I heard that, too. But I, I guess it was Joe Johnston who uh, put his foot down and said, no, you know, when when um, Billy Campbell actually got his hair cut, just like the character and walked in, Joe Johnston decided that's who he wanted. You know, they, this is based on a graphic novel and um, the graphic novel was the 80s, which I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. I thought this was like a classic character for the longest exactly. time. Exactly. That's what what's very surprising is it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't from the 1930s, 40s, 50s, something like that. It was only from a decade earlier. And uh, the other thing I thought was very interesting is that we call uh, Cliff Secord's girlfriend Jenny Blake in the movie. In the graphic novel, Jenny Blake was actually Betty Page because, well, the uh, author of the graphic novel knew Betty Page. That's that's interesting. That's very. It, I mean, it plays more with the um, the whole aspect of like playing with real people, like Howard Hughes. Which yeah. I, th I thought was an interesting thing to do in this movie because, like, you know, usually when you're doing this, you kind of you try and step away from that kind of thing. But adding another like character, but I guess that you know that then doesn't work with the the Neville Sinclair plot, you know, because Betty Page wasn't really an actress. She was more no, of a she's model. just a, I mean, she's a model. Yeah, she's a classic model. And what I really like, you know, when I think about Howard Hughes and and anybody's portrayal of Howard Hughes, I either think of The Aviator or this movie. I really love, love, love how um, Terry. O'Quinn did as as uh, Howard Hughes in this movie. In fact, I think I'd love to hear it from Leonardo DiCaprio, but I think that Leonardo DiCaprio probably based a lot of his version of Howard Hughes definitely from Terry O'Quinn. And if you don't know who Terry O'Quinn is, you'll probably see him in this movie and go, that guy looks really familiar. He's um, one of the characters in Lost. I can't remember his name uh, off the top of my head, but he was one of the guys in Lost. And Anything else? I, he's done many other things, but that's probably what most people are going to know him from. Okay. All right. And then we also had, you know, Paul Sorvino, who, like you mentioned, just passed away this last week. We had already picked out the Rocketeer for this week before um, Paul Sorvino passed away. But he does a fantastic job in this movie. I mean, he is. Luckily, he, he only has to play Paul Sorvino being a, a greasy <laughs> gangster much. man. but <laughs> Pretty much. But, you know, but he, he, you know it's, he's still doing a great job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got some key um, scenes in the movie. He's just nailing uh, the whole role. I I just you know one of the things that made me think about this is you know yeah I I, I tend to like movies like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and stuff like that that look like they could be you know episodes of a serial over and over again or you know different episodes and this falls into that and you know then I realized. After watching uh, Light and Magic, I watched the first three episodes of Light and Magic so far. I realized why I like it and what the tie between all of them is. And that's Joe Johnston, uh, because he is an ILM guy. He is one of the classic founders of ILM, along with uh, John Dykstra. And I just feel like it's, it's you know... Not a heavy movie is, uh, you know, it's something that you can watch. And I think that this movie actually had uh, made a mark on you at a very young age, too, Nick. Uh, uh, no, not really. No, no. I remember, I remember, uh, when I remember falling asleep to this movie one time when you tried to show it to me, but and, and uh, I put in the movie, you may have fallen asleep, but you wouldn't leave without taking the, the VHS cassette with you. <laughs> was it that one? No, I think it was the Back to the Future one that I took. I thought it was this one. <laughs> This was this was actually the first time I've seen this movie all the way through, I think. Did you? Yeah. But no, I mean I I enjoyed it. It's um it's good. I mean, I it's it's not my favorite movie, but like I I can absolutely see why you like love the hell out of this cuz it definitely does fall in that same style of like, you know, serial inspired cinema and and just you know, just falling into all that. It's it's just good fun. And especially and yeah, with Light and Magic, I was also watching that and I was kind of like it yeah, it was just starting to like click and and make sense in my head why 
this works so well is because Joe Johnston just has that background. He just... Exactly. Those were the movies that he worked on to get to his directing career. Yeah. You know, and the movie, when it was in the theaters, wasn't an overall success. Uh, You know, this is something where a lot of people may step away from it because they think it's just a little bit too for the kids. But I think that anybody can watch this. You know, the, the budget for this movie was about 35 million, give or take. And at the box office worldwide, it only grossed about 46 million. And yes, that's 31 years ago, but that's really not a successful movie even back then. But I think that it's become a cult hit since then in that, you know, like I said, it's had a lot of influence around all the Disney parks and and Alex's celebration and other places too. You know, one, one interesting tidbit is that, uh, I was talking to a guy yesterday who is a rocket scientist and we were on a Zoom meeting and I said, is that the Rocketeer jetpack behind you? He goes, yeah, he 3D printed a Rocketeer jetpack. And the first time he wore it at a con, he wore it at an anime con. And he's like, nobody's going to know who this is. They're not going to know what this jetpack is from. He said, everybody knew what it was from and came up and looked at it. He even had the gum put on the jetpack in the right spot <laughs> nice the styling of this is like we mentioned is very art deco did you notice anything about neville Sin- uh neville um uh what is neville's last neville name? sinclair neville sinclair's apartment is th- is it the same apartment as deckard and blade runner it is yeah is it is it, it I, is. I i actually thought it was the uh I thought they were reusing sets from from Batman. That that so that you know I, I thought the whole thing was a bunch of reused sets from Batman and Dick Tracy. That's pretty interesting. So it it's um that's a house called the Ennis House in in L.A. It's a, a famous for its architecture, uh, and I think it was actually a, a Frank Lloyd Wright house, which is really, f- which is really fun. Yeah, I love Franklin Lloyd Wright houses. I love that that Art Deco style from, like I said, uh, Frank Lloyd, Lloyd Wright art deco style i love that yeah i thought that it, which is really interesting you mentioned blade runner and then with william sanderson being in the movie as well i think that's a pretty cool link right there the other cool architectural feature that i really love in this is the bulldog cafe I yeah love... that's fun i'm surprised they've never recreated that at like a disney park or something I am too. I mean, I could see that being like a a, a walk up ice cream uh, window or something like that. But it's funny that um, that you said uh, recreating it because the Bulldog Cafe was an actual building. Uh, it was an actual taco and ice cream shop in L.A. It was kind of disintegrating. So they it, it, they took it down in 1966. But the Peterson Auto Museum, which we visited in January, actually recreated it on a smaller uh, scale in their streetscapes but when they renovated in 2017 they actually took the the bulldog cafe out of that but the uh the version of the bulldog cafe that was at the peterson auto museum is now part of let's see what's it called um the idle house which uh is you know an ice cream shop and and drive-in and a coffee shop i guess so it's still around la it still can be seen around la but it's not the original and it's much smaller nice all right um so I mean, what did everybody, I mean, you love the movie. Al, what do you think of the movie, man? <laughs> I've been very vocal about it. I think initially I don't, I didn't, it was, it was very, very hard to get through. I think it's a, it's a very, at first viewing, this is probably like my second viewing of it. I don't re- ever remember going through the whole thing, but in second, you know, but first time reacquainting back to the movie, it, it was hard, but it's when you go back and you, you look at the investigational pieces of this with joe johnson's involvement in raiders and then his later involvement in captain america you go okay that's it does make sense you start to look at things like look at the way that that jennifer Connelly is as a screen presence she does she has that very uh 1930s hollywood appearance to her she has a very classic appearance to her look at and this is going to sound really funny look at uh cliff and look at his his jawline. He's got the very strong. Uh, I know American. exactly what you mean when you say that. Yeah, he's got the jawline for it. Um, look at you know, look at Neville Sinclair. Look at uh, also look at you know Paul Sorvino. Yeah, he's there's if there's anyone else that wasn't more typecast in this, that it's probably John Polito 
And it's just like those. Okay, you nailed both of them. And John, I'm I'm a fan of John Polito, and I know he's pretty much just a you know that you know the Who is smart. John Polito? He's the guy that talks like this. You know that gets folded in half. <laughs> so he's you know if you've ever seen him in um in Miller's Crossing, he plays he plays a, a very much the same type of character. Look at uh, William Sand- Sanderson, another person I love as an actor. Like I said, he was in Blade Runner. He was also in uh, not Tombstone, whatever the name of the whatever the name of the Timothy Oliphant. Um, Deadwood. You know, uh, Deadwood. Deadwood. He was in that. He's just he's great. Um, look, if you look at all these, I mean, the only one who's pretty misplaced and is really only playing. He's playing himself, but not playing himself. It, it just wasn't the right place, but I love him anyway. I love Alan Arkin. He plays, the, yeah. you know, and Alan Arkin's just a guy that they I have actors and they say they have one lines that stick in my head all the time. And especially in gross point blank when he's like, don't give it a shot. Don't don't shoot anybody. You know, it's just I love Alan Arkin and he he does it. He just his hair looks so funny in this movie. But um, if you go back and I started looking at this stuff and I started going, he looks like he's out of Rick and Morty. <laughs> but you know that's the thing is we look at this thing you look at this stuff and we go um it's right on the cusp and, and for those who don't know is that at that time disney around that time was trying to buy um was trying to start kingdom comics which was he they tapped amit zappa to head that up and their whole point was they were going after graphic novels they weren't going after series they were going after one shot graphic novels and this is pre there this probably was the start of the acquisition of the gears turning of marvel which they should have grabbed it then because at that point i think they probably were bankrupt at that point um but at the same time you go okay we this is very much a superhero movie that's very much a product of the disney formula aesthetic that feel and it's just like you said it's a it's a 90 you know it's a what 92 you said 92 91 91, 90 i think yeah and you're coming out after you know we've just been hit with the campiness of of batman at 89 you then went back to you kind of did a reverse with going into dick tracy in 1990 and then you look at you look at the bad guy and you go oh he's got a rubber face you go yeah this was this was definitely some leftover dick tracy stuff yeah. So I think that that's other than, you know, you can't really fault the graphics because at that time it was pretty awesome. Um, but it's just you can't really fault it for anything. It's just it was a it was a hard watch, but it was it was a hard it was a hard, enjoyable watch at the same time um, because of doing, you know, but for, you know, at first glance, a kid, a kid these days would be like, this is garbage. <laughs> but, you know, at back then it was pretty cool. So I. I've grown, I've grown fond of it as I'm looking at things about it. So, um, especially the homage that it pays to like the rocket men and stuff like that. And, and the Buck Roger serials, stuff like that. It's just, you know, it was, it was a hard watch. It wasn't my favorite, but it, it just wasn't as garbage as I like to exaggerate it to be. So yeah. Al, did you notice one of your, um, one of your favorite actors, uh, Clint Howard, uh, is in here too. Yeah, he's in it for like one. You, you, the only way you can tell it's him is he, the top of his head. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the only thing I saw. Um, I did notice that, and I I didn't want to be like, hey, that's Clint Howard. But then it was like, oh, it is Clint Howard. <laughs> but and, yeah. and then you mentioned Alan Arkin, and you know he's kind of like Alan Arkin pa- playing Alan Arkin. That's what he does. But they all kind they are all kind of playing themselves. To tell you the truth, the only one that's like, not playing himself is is you know billy billy campbell which i was when i started billy zane didn't you no i wanted to say billy kudrip the whole time i was like oh it's billy kudrip and i was like oh no it's not him he's not blue and 12 feet tall with no pants on (laughs) (laughs) what do you think if they had actually gone with um lloyd bridges what lloyd bridges yeah so is it Lloyd was... Bridges? Wait, Lloyd Bridges is, is crazy old. Are you talking Jeff Bridges or Lloyd Bridges? Lloyd Bridges. Jeff Bridges' father. I for, for who? Yeah, Peavy? I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, he probably is. Maybe Lloyd Bridges. That wouldn't be so so bad. Or um, it wouldn't be too bad. He's a pretty all around good dude. 
Hey, yo, uh, cut the TV. I, I don't, I don't know, but who knows? Whatever. You mentioned <laughs> you mentioned Billy Zane before, and I I also had in my notes this guy got Billy Zane hair. That's just that's all the note says. <laughs> but it doesn't Billy Zane's hair isn't that kind of like isn't that a wig half the time? Uh, you know what? I mean, probably he's like I, he's bald. I, I think now. I was right. He's bald huh? now, so that I mean that yeah. may be true. Yeah, but I think he's been bald for a very long time. You know, but then you and when you when you say Billy Zane hair, I think of him when he's coming around the banister and shooting at um, Leonardo DiCaprio, which is an interesting wraparound because you say Billy, Di- Billy, Billy Zane, Leonardo DiCaprio, 1930s, wrapped around to Howard Hughes, wrapped around to the Rocketeer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long way around. Um, I think Billy Zane, if they were to cast, but I think Billy Zane would have been a better uh, Neville Sinclair. Hmm. But, yeah, he he definitely has the Neville Sinclair energy. But did he come? I mean, this was came out what before the Phantom, and he played yeah. the Phantom, the Phantom. Well, so he, he would just, have been he would have been like a minor TV actor at that point. He would have been in Twin Peaks by now. So I think at that point he was yeah he was in a soap opera, wasn't he? I th- maybe I don't I don't know about a lot about the career of Billy Zane, <laughs> but what's really fun. Yeah, I, th- I think that the casting on this is is it's done really well, but like you said, like I said before, it's they were definitely trying. If I mean, look at this, how much of this is, I don't know how to call it other than the Disney aesthetic. I mean, they really were the people to get it versus like Warner Brothers and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, even look at even look at things like um, Fitch and Wooly, the two FBI agents. Dude, Ed Lauder as as Fitch, the taller guy. Yeah, it was it was good. It was it was good. I mean, even things like, and yes, guys, I'm I'm totally totally cheating because I'm I'm scrolling straight through IMDb as we're as we're doing this. This is how I'm like nailing characters left and right. Even you know Millie. Millie was a good character. I mean, the only I think she's a, Margot Martindale. Uh, yeah, see, you're Famed on the IMDb character too. Actress Margot Martindale. No, I know her because of um, BoJack Horseman. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So but yeah, like even even um like you said, Terry O'Quinn, he definitely has it on lock. Oh yeah. You got it. That's that's the thing, is just you couldn't like you said, you couldn't have picked a better person to be Howard Hughes, but we don't of our age, we really don't know too much more about Howard Hughes's character other than just being extravagant and and you know we either have this guy or we have um, Leonardo DiCaprio's version of him, which right. is so. it is a bit different considering what he goes through in that movie. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, I mean that's an older bo- well, peeing in bottles, his older ages. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, but, and, uh, I want to mention one of the one of the as we're talking about actors, one of the FBI agents has um. This man does stunts, and he has one of my favorite names in all of Hollywood, and that is Dick Warlock. <laughs> nice, Dick Warlock. Dick Warlock. Well, how, about, how about this one? Um, the he's the, uh, he's the magic. <laughs> yes, he is. What huh? is it? Lothar? Lothar of the Lothar, Hill People. That's the bad guy, the guy with the chin. Oh my! Oh. His name's Lothar. His name I is totally Lothar. The character's name is Lothar. Wait a minute! I thought he was. I thought he's credited literally as as bad guy. In the movie, no, no, his name is Lothar, and they call him that a couple of times. But the actor's name is Tiny Ron or Tiny Ron Taylor. Which Nick, you were watching Star Trek, right? You were going through Star Trek original series, original series. Okay, so Tiny Ron shows up in um, uh, Star Trek Next Generation and in Star Trek Deep Space Nine as Loaxana Troy's aide uh, with a really weird name. Uh, me me hardu or something like that may hardu okay uh, so i mean he's basically you know a very tall monster looking guy in in makeup with that one too yeah i had there's you know hollywood only has so many tall people <laughs> well i i wanted to find out who it was because i wasn't sure if it was uh jaws from uh bond oh yeah so it wasn't him though there's there's another guy that they always use. It's he's in Twin Peaks and he's all he's in like Men in Black. He's in he's in a lot of stuff. He's in the Adams Family movies, I think. His name's gonna kill me. But any anyway, I don't know. He's he's not the one in this movie. Oh, um, an, another big tall guy like yeah. Okay. 
What do you guys think of uh, Timothy Dalton in this movie? I, I think he kind of overplays it, but I think that's what the character is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, it's kind of what it calls for, so. Yeah, I, I mean, he's not my favorite. And I'm going to bring that up again later on, too, with, with a question I have for you guys. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely not my favorite. Very clearly based on, like, Errol Flynn, especially with like, his, his opening scene. Yeah, but that's a, that's the thing. Weren't they... Is it? I want to make sure I'm. You know, I watched like 15 things yesterday. Like, and this is one of them. And isn't this? Isn't there a part where she's like, "I'll make you a leading lady," and she's like, "Dude, you said that in all these movies." He's like, "Yeah." He doesn't even have good lines. Like, he's not even. He's just like a. He's kind of like a heel, in a way. He's kind of like absolutely. He's like playing a. He's not a bad guy. He's just kind of a dork. Oh yeah, no, he's. I I love that scene where it's just like he's a fraud who's just like using lines from his own movies but what's really funny is like you know that you know when he's he's like it, it was so i think what really killed it for me other than the rubber the rubber mask <laughs> on that guy was when he's like peeking out when he's dressed up as as robin hood and he's peeking out and he's like behind the curtain so comically and he's like oh like i got caught or something like he like he's all henching around and stuff like that being all silly but it's kind of indicative of where, like, what just happened to Dim- Timothy Dalton. Kind of like, yeah, dude, you're kind of not a leading guy. You're not a leading guy. Like, you just kind of tanked uh, being James Bond, and now, <laughs> and now you've got that. You're this second-rate, like, really, you know, heel of a bad guy that's like just the the do boy for the Nazis, you know. <laughs> And it's just like, you know, it's it's so funny because he's just you look at him. It's so, so silly. Remember when she's like, you kidnapped me. I shouldn't be into this or <laughs> whatever the crap was that she says. It's just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. But I, what I thought was really, really funny was just how far they were trying to push it on certain things. Like with with remember when she's talking to W.C. Fields. Oh, oh my yeah. god, dude! That's, they, yeah. that's they, like, so. Totally do a boob shot on. Her. They do. Oh my god, dude! Absolutely. It's so unapologetic. I was and, like, and good for I'm you, like, Disney. Doubly <laughs> charmed. It's so bad, dude. He he totally would have been locked up nowadays. <laughs> it's so funny. They, like it's so indicative of what they were trying to do. It's like they were just about there with with the comic like feel they were just starting to hammer it out um mm-hmm. coming coming out of you know the disney side of things and, and it really shows you how much that acquisition of marvel really really needed to happen for both ends of the party here like for you know between comics and between uh disney trying to push their their boundaries and not getting locked into just another disney movie I mean, what what other notable superhero movies does Disney have? What Condor Man before this? <laughs> I which is I don't which, think I could name which one. they'd like to bury. Which is it's not on Disney Plus. <laughs> I went looking for it yesterday. I'm like, hey, is Condor Man on there? But as much as I want to really, really shit on this movie and hate this movie, and I don't think I can. I don't. I don't really think I can because I. You definitely do see like like the bulldog. You cafe. did this with Doctor No as well. I, I feel like you. You need to let these feelings settle. Because I have this. I have this. When people ask me lately, they're like, "Hey, are you gonna see uh like like I'll give you a perfect instance like you're gonna see Love and Thunder?" I go, "Yeah," because I want to make sure I hate it as much as I think I hate it before I like it. Like, <laughs> but th- that's the thing. It's just. It's just. It's a product of its time, and you're talking nineteen. You know, 91. you're talking 1991. It's yeah. just like, yeah, in 91, it was cool because you knew that the what they were fighting is they were fighting a property that wasn't well known. Dude, really? You're taking a character such as the Rocketeer's girlfriend, Betty Page, who basically is she's something more than a model. She's mm-hmm. just a certain type of model. And she just like you've got to adapt that. And it's just you could tell for so long that so many studios just wanted to do Flash Gordon. Well, they just no, it's not even that. I think it was the success of Batman that they were like, yeah, they they saw that and they were like, oh, forties serials is what we should be adapting, which is like I think they took the wrong message from the success of Batman. Like, like I was saying in in our text, like that. 
They should have looked for more comic books instead of like rebooting yeah. the Phantom and the Shadow and all those but guys. That's that's the thing. Like they go, you look at um, Batman, who basically under you know they're under the Warner Brothers you know umbrella, and they got Tim Burton, which Tim Burton at that point had you know he had done work with Disney at that point, and they go, okay, great, we're gonna kind of like oh shit they got they got burton on us so now we have to do something to one up it but they reversed do you know what i mean like we're going to take something that nobody knows and that was to their fault they shouldn't have started right out the gate with something they didn't know which later on it works for it works for disney um in marvel later on but it just they couldn't everyone you could tell everyone just wanted the flash gordon they just wanted it like flash gordon was the grail yeah, I, I see what you say. I, I feel like I, it's interesting to... that you guys are saying that Flash Gordon is the Grail, because Flash, Flash, Flash Gordon, nineteen eighties Flash Gordon was the the product of Star Wars. Which Flash Gordon was the Grail to 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 Lucas? They like they just yeah. it was it was everything. It was you're talking things like the Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff. You're talking about the John Carter stuff. They failed on John Carter. Oh, big time. You, but. The timing just wasn't right, in my opinion. Like, yeah, dude, they could it's... they could do a Rocketeer now. They could be, very easily do a Rocketeer. They could do a John Carter. The timing just isn't right, and they're just well, hell. I mean, they had Marvel by the time they did uh, John Carter, didn't they? Yeah, but you're mm. talking. They were going back to now. Okay, so now did Tarzan come out before? Did Tarzan with with um, Scar? That was like out? 2014. I think John Carter was like 13. Somewhere yeah, around so, there. And you're talking the same you're talking the same writer, Edgar Rice Burroughs, at that point. But you're saying those things, but you gotta understand those things at that time were so grail to, they were so holy holier than holy to people like Lucas, to people like Spielberg. These are these are it, man. Well this when you say Flash Gordon, up. do you do you mean I'm talking the, like the, the Alex 80s Raymond. one or like the original ones. Uh, the, the original. The, okay. Alex Raymond. And this is that. And they go, okay, great. We're going to go back. And you can see in it, it was, I think it was that end scene when they blow up the blimp and they're, they're flying off. Do you know what I mean? They fly off with, with PV. It's just when they're blowing that up, I was like, ah, Flash Gordon, 1980s Flash Gordon right there. <laughs> but you know, like the destruction of of Mongo, of uh, Ming's palace. But you just, oh, they, you could tell they wanted it so bad. And it wasn't, the, the ambition wasn't right. It just was the timing sucked. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that Disney was trying to make this their tentpole, you know, superhero type movie. And people weren't ready for it. I mean, even in the 80s, you started... Even in the '80s, they had uh, Defenders of the Defenders of the Earth was a was a cartoon that came out, and that had the Phantom, that had the Phantom, and it had Flash Gordon, it had Mandrake, I think Mandrake the Magician, um, and I think maybe even Tarzan might have been part of it. But these these things were like Mandrake the Magician, the Phantom, these pulp pulp book pulp novel dime store comic strip heroes are everything. At that point, Flash Gordon was probably striving to be something else, but at, in itself, it had something so original, which was, you know, and it probably, they, it probably looked at Trip to the Moon and was like, I want to do that. And kudos to Disney for doing that, for taking on the Rocketeer. Like I said, the ambition was great. The timing sucked. Yeah. Sorry, I'm off do my you, soapbox. <laughs> do you, um, I mean, do you guys know what some of the more successful movies of uh, the summer of 1991 were? Oh, was it City Slickers? <laughs> that was number three. Can you guess two and one? City Slickers 2? <laughs> uh, I don't know how that would have been possible. All right. So two, two is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I knew it. Number one. There's a very obvious number one when you think of movies from 1991. What would have made the most money during Jurassic the summer? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Titanic. This was a Joe Johnson movie. That would have been impressive if we put out two movies in one summer. No, Terminator 2. Of course. That's a t Terminator 2 was the first movie I this ever is... saw twice in a the movie theater. That's on wait, purpose. Oh, my God. That's, that's interesting, then. That means this R-rated movie was the top-grossing movie of the summer, while like all of all the rest of this got 
That's amazing. Terminator 2 is something else we could talk about at any time, and it's 12 different versions. <laughs> <laughs> Are there 12? Yeah. I feel like there were only like... I don't know. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> Super well, Duper Ultimate Collector Blu-ray special. But yeah, just... I, I want to talk about this movie in relation to Captain America the First Avenger. Because I feel like Captain America the First Avenger is like a soft remake of this movie. <laughs> do, you, do you think that? In a, in a I, way. I think that Joe Johnston has has a pretty good, you know, has a, has his thumb pretty well placed on Americana. Do you think? That, Perhaps okay. that's what it is. But I, I, it's the same sort of like, you know, it's a hero origin story told in like the same time setting, told with kind of the same people. So he kind of don't, doesn't that make him, wouldn't that have made him the most obvious choice and a post and in regards to his work on what did, what did he work on for for Indiana Jones? Did he work on Raiders? Uh, yeah, I think no, it was. Um, it was he worked on Raiders for sure. He would have worked on he Raiders. Was the art for, director for Temple of Doom. But doesn't that's the thing? Doesn't this make him the most obvious choice for guys in those pants with the you know the the crops on the side of them to be you know <laughs> for the 1930s you know those 1930s Nazi God he loves Nazis he wants to fight Nazis yeah. it just all clicked. <laughs> But he just says this real hate of Nazis. But that makes him the most obvious. It's kind of like that was his portfolio. Like, yeah, dude. And, and you think about that. You go, you like, think about that, dude. Think what I was just saying. Was It just was bad timing and the ambition was there. Think of what it led up to. I mean, go, so Indiana what, Jones, so Rocketeer, you... Marvel. I mean, like Captain America. Why, why are you saying bad timing more? Like, why is this any worse time than... Because this could have started something if it was if it had caught the public's imagination. It, it could have. It could have. It just I think people just weren't ready for it. Do you think it was do you think it was like we were kind of starting to slip into like 90s cynicism? And that's maybe why something this kind of cutesy and friendly maybe wasn't because like Batman is definitely, I'd say, a darker movie than this. OK, so I think. Batman really started it. I think Batman was the ultimate torchlight to superhero movies. All right. Um, at that point, Batman really was the torchlight. Was you Superman, just, the, I, Superman, the spark. Well, what I'm saying is you go, OK, yes, we've got it. We can do this. It can happen. And Batman's going to prove it. Batman's badass. We could do it. We could do it. We could do it. We could do it. And it's like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Then F and Dick Tracy happens. It just totally pisses on it. Pisses on the whole, the whole idea of well, that it's the like, superhero, like super character. That's movies. like it I was saying. They took the wrong on message from, from Batman. They took. They were like they, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, and then it's like, but I even I have no problem with, like I've got no problem with with Batman too. You know, Electric Boogaloo, whatever the one with the penguin. So it just, yeah, everything too is going to be Electric Boogaloo. But I have, I have no problem with that. But I just definitely think Dick Tracy really, really. I mean, come on, it's like what did Warren Beatty put up his own money for Dick Tracy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I mean, I I mean, it was like it was a mildly successful movie when it came out. I think. Yeah, you, you think Rob (laughs) Rob Zombie should have learned not to put your own money up for a movie off of Dick Tracy. <laughs> so um but you know it's just like I think it was just it was Dick Tracy really really sullied that. I guess you could call it sullying it where you just kind of go okay great whatever. Well I, it's uh, it's just the I, learning curve. It's they were trying to is. figure out what the hell people wanted out of adventure movies like Batman. Superhero movies then at, at that point weren't superhero movies and and this is through no fault of their own but just timing wise it, it just at that point superhero movies weren't superhero movies like they are today again i know what i just said um and no i i understand i mean you couldn't yeah. do too much we hadn't entered the cgi era where we could do pretty much anything so exactly it was exactly you were limited to to those these kind of i mean i guess that's why you were limited to these physical characters who were more like you know Batman fighting people instead of like you know big superpowers. So that's probably why these like 40s serials, those kind of characters, were so attractive to studios at the time. And what were you up against? You were up against. You were up against. I mean, the only thing you had to even go with at that point was what, like the Superman series. And that point, it's like, well, that got screwed when you know they decided to throw Richard Pryor in the mix. 
<laughs> you know, but it, you know, it, and the it, Supergirl movie. I it, don't shit on the Supergirl movie. I like that movie. We saw it in the theater. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I'm saying. Is just this movie very much could be. I think this movie should be made. I think it should be should be done on Netflix. I think it should be done on Disney. I think Disney Plus should should redo this. I do. I'd really, yeah, really no, do. I, I agree. And actually, that that's a very good. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. So let me let me. Sorry, let me go back. And wait, sorry. Talking about the about. Remember, I said about the 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 leftover sets from Batman. Yes, from Batman yeah. too. I was specifically talking about uh, Christopher Walken's apartment in uh, in Batman Two. Oh yeah, like the, his office. That I was like, is that his? Is that Christopher Walken's office? But yeah, so good. Sorry. So but yeah. yeah. I no, I I hundred percent agree with you. I think that you know Disney could definitely take the Rocketeer and make it like a limited series, uh, or maybe you know not a limited series. Maybe you could take it and make it a uh, you know a recurring um, series. And you-, you know, would you take it and make you know rehash what we just saw in the movie, or would you start over, or you know, would you keep going from there? I would start over. Yeah, I um, would. I would do, do you, complete reboot. Do you think so? This is this is what what I thought was kind of daring about the movie at that point, um, because coming out of a Disney Studio movie, because um, at that point there was other things that Disney had done that they had buried that were a little, a little bit more risque. Um, like look at something well, wicked. No, because at, at the same time that was when they started doing like Miramax and Touchstone but, and all that. Touchstone. Yeah, this but, is, yeah, this is definitely the era of Touchstone. But okay, so let's look at um, something wicked. This way comes. That's a. It's a pretty. That's a Disney movie, dude. That's been buried. Like, if you can see that movie, that movie's friggin' scary under the Disney platform. What I'm getting at is the idea where they would even mention the Nazis or even show Nazi paraphernalia, let alone you know a straight boob shot of Jennifer Conley. Now you have the idea where they have. You can approach Nazism. You can approach Hydra and the Nazis. Now it's like, okay, this is open. It's out there. We can now actually acknowledge Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, you know, and I th- it, it would work. So, would it still uh, be in the 30s? Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. What's it? No, they, I, 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 I would embrace the hell out of this Art Deco. Dude, you know? the, the tagline on this is it's <laughs> the tagline is something like, Three years before the Nazi threat or something like that, like our superhero fights Nazis or some shit like that. It says something like that. I had it up on the screen and IMDb failed me. Duh. But um, yeah, tot- yeah, totally. You have to do the 30s because you need that Art Deco style. You need it. Mm-hmm. What's really pu- what's really interesting is, like I said, going back to Joe Johnson and going back to Indiana Jones and, and the Rocketeer and, and Captain America, you go, okay. To Joe Johnston, is Bra- Brad Bird, is Brad Bird the future counterpart of Joe Johnston? Because if you look at, uh, I, I I think I would say yes, but I think that are we past Brad Bird already? But no, I'm oh, talking about uh, the the future deco. Interesting connection. Future. I'm I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that Joe Johnston designed the Iron Giant. Okay, yep, so now okay. let's let's go back to Tomorrowland and not meet the Feebles. Meet the meet the Robinsons. Meet the Robinsons. That that streamline, um, you know that that nineteen fifties kitchen uh, high shine style, Art Deco style, yeah, yeah, it's just it's very, it's very prevalent in Brad Bird's work, and you can see it. You can even see it oh, in, yeah. Incredi- yeah. in the Incredibles. The Incredibles, yeah. And I love it. I love that. I love that Frank uh, Franklin Lloyd Wright um, Alexander House's style that he's got. I love those dude. If you were going to redo this, hell yeah, dude. Brad Bird, all the way. Because of, and the only reason I am saying that is because of that helmet. <laughs> and you're saying Brad Bird for a movie, right? Not for a series? For the sh- first series? For a series. Let's, fa- okay. let's face it, dude. Let's really, really face it. Would you I, go? I, yeah. I would go a series because you, you, come on. I mean, it's just. I, you can do so much more with a series than you can in, in three hours. You know, I mean, no, well, you know, if you use those six episodes wisely and you don't just like, you know, 
screw your audience around for like three of them and you know it's it's really just a movie and and we're we're watching it over six weeks for no real reason yeah and get rid of wow, the, you are the six, get rid of the whole some of them some of them were pretty bad man some of the, some of the disney yeah. plus shows really have squandered some of that runtime i know i know you know that's why they make fan edits <laughs> <laughs> but i think that yeah they could I think doing it. So you want to ask the question? I know you want to ask the question. Who you would cast, Jim? You you know what? It, it's in the show notes. If you have notes. anybody, go ahead and <laughs> and and put them in there. But you know, let me know who you can think of. But I think that the casting was was extremely good in this movie. It it's more along the lines of, is this a movie who didn't know who its audience was? You probably know, and, it, it and probably how much yeah. should have been marketed to a slightly more mature audience than it was and that's what, yeah that's where disney came that's where the marvel stuff has has pulled it off as they've matured their audience they have they've pulled they've made, so what are we talking what are we talking first captain america what is that 19 what uh like when it takes place yeah 1941 no 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 when did when did captain america come out oh 2011 okay 2011 so now you're talking kids that are you know you're talking let's say you take an 11 year old kid you're now you're putting them into 23 22 23 you've you've now taken a kid in his formative years and you've matured him on these movies so you now have created the ability to have a more mature um, audience in in a deeper a deeper storyline if you if i was going to redo this i would have the idea that we are coming out of the 1920s 1930s depression and if i'm gonna get it which was really funny because she's like when she's describing her boy my boyfriend's rough around the edges that guy is not rough around the edges he is soft as shit looking all right his nails his <laughs> nails are well polished okay and you're gonna shoot me but i definitely would make uh joseph gordon levitt uh as as the rocketeer nice and i definitely would do i would if I was going to pinpoint people, it would have to be people that have a very strong kind of renaissance feel to them. To that classic to, look. I would do I would do for PV. I would do I would do Bruce Willis. And I know I'm running on Looper there, but I thought of Looper where Looper was trying to be like where a, you get Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. His, I mean, exactly. he's he's retired. Listen, you picked well, dead, yeah. you picked dead yeah, people right. in Fantastic Four. I gave <laughs> I gave a real answer for uh, for live actors. Don't do that to me. <laughs> but no, it's just that's that's the only one I could think of because I thought of Looper today. I can't think of a I can't think of a better woman to play Betty Page to have that ultimate kind of like void. Other than I'm sorry, Scarlett Johansson for for his girlfriend there. But that's I would I would do that and I would do. That's that's who I would if you were going to cast it, it has to be people that are very uh, renaissance towards that. Those 1930s uh, people, uh, actors and have a strong draw. That's why I don't think things like newer Did actors. You say would a strong work. jaw, strong jaw, strong jawed people. <laughs> uh, no, just that stronger connection. Like who did Looper? That wasn't a like who who directed Looper? Did that was that? Um, enemy of cinema. Ryan Johnson. Oh, enemy of Alex Kenny. <laughs> He did. He did Looper. Yeah. How did he shit on Star Wars so bad? <laughs> I mean, he didn't. He made one of the best Star Wars movies that's ever been. But you know, we can discuss that later. We will. <laughs> but anyway, who would you? Who Who's your Howard Hughes? Oh, I I actually don't Do you know. Have one? I did. You know. I I would. <laughs> he already recast Howard Hughes, and he did it pretty perfectly in First Avenger. I'd probably go with Dominic Cooper. He's he's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good. For the bad guy, I was... Oh, I just had someone. Oh, uh, Justin Thoreau. I thought Justin Thoreau might be a... Oh, he wouldn't have an accent, but I, I think he would be a good good pick for him. Hold on. That's really interesting that you're going to you know, cast the Canadian Prime Minister. Oh. <laughs> Trudeau? <laughs> I'm just messing just, with you. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought I had screwed up saying his name for a second. <laughs> Castro? No, no, no. From from Mulholland Drive, Justin Thoreau. Oh, Thoreau. Guy Pierce. I, I I thought of that. Uh, Guy Pierce or um. Oh, Guy, Guy Pierce would also work. Guy Pierce or um, 
Ah, oh, goggles or what? What the hell is the name from from Burn Notice? There, For, he's in Hollywood Land too. I think he's in Hollywood Land. Timothy Oliphant? No, no, no. Jim, the guy that's in 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 Burn Notice. Uh, you mean Bruce Campbell? No, there are other people mean? in Burn Notice, Jim. He was he was in Changeling. The guy that was in Changeling as uh as the cop. I'll give you his name. Two seconds. Oh, you I... mean the, the the main character from uh? From... Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, man. From Bum Notice. Bum Notice. Yep. Yeah, dude. Like, what's it? the guy's oh, what's name? Is name? it's it's uh, Jeffrey Donovan. Oh, IMDb. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah. What do you got for a bad guy, dude? For Bob well, Notice. you know why I put you know just bad guy is I had the question, and I think you guys have answered this. Would you bring back Neville Sinclair, or okay, maybe you brought back Neville Sinclair as the bad guy for season one, right? Would you have a, a different bad guy? You know, like like serials would do, they'd have a, a different bad guy. You know, one season to the next or something like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe <clears throat> something like that. I mean, if you're doing, if you're going to do that and take some time to um, kind of flesh out all this stuff, I would have more than maybe more than one villain per per season. And I mean, they already kind of do that in the movie with you know Paul Servino and and Dick Tracy yeah. guy, whatever. He is. Whatever his Multiple name is. layers. Yeah, Lothar. Yeah. Yeah, Lothar that's... Barbarian. But yeah, it just... I definitely would do something that... I, I think it could work. It definitely could work. I think it would be fun. I think it would be a more fun thing. It's just, you know, like I said, the hard part is the fact that people these days are so... They, they just want to be so serious about it. And they just... They want to be so authoritative on it. And it's just like, dude, let's, it's entertainment, man. Let's, well, then let's tell them to have their own podcast like us. Yeah. You can shit on movies like I do. <laughs> you can shit on you. You make sure you love them enough to shit on them. I think that that's the biggest thing is, and this is probably therapy for me to make sure that I re- reassure myself that you know, hey, I actually like movies still. So, because <laughs> I do love movies, but all right. So think- let me let me <laughs> let me give my the thing is I didn't I didn't choose a, a a PV, but a PV just came to mind, which is it might be an odd choice. He, he may need to be more serious than the guy I just came up with, but I thought about Taika Waititi and the Suicide Squad with that like hair as Ratcatcher one, and I was like. It's that same kind of PV here. He might work, but it's he's very silly. PV needs to be the more grounded one, though. So maybe that's not right. I don't know. But I I will say this, and I want to stick with it. I think Cliff needs to be an unknown because I think that worked in this movie's advantage. I think it's good to have yeah. an unknown. I think I think it's time for some good unknowns. I really do. Well, especially since he's gonna have a helmet on too. Yeah. Oh, call me crazy. 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 Daisy Ridley for for Jenny. Yeah, because she she's nice supposed to be that, more yeah. kind of like on the wall. She's not like you know. She's she's supposed to be like the background actress. She's not supposed but, to be. I'll give it Daisy yeah. Ridley. Yeah, and she look at her in in uh look at her in in Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, I think I mean, she would, she would fit pretty well. I think. And I watched this twice <gasps> this week. Getting you know, oh. actually, I watched it last week and then again this week because we moved last week's topic. And I. My my view of Jenny kind of changed. You know, I I was kind of wondering was she just she a, needs more to do. Was she she's a barely fan a character? Girl? You know that that scene where where she's in Neville's apartment with him and he's quoting lines and she starts going, oh, that's from this movie and that's from this movie. I'm like, okay, is she a, a fangirl or is she seeing through his bullshit? Well, it's, it was it was a little of both. She was a fan, and is yeah. she's now just realizing that and he's her, just a big fraud because, yeah. and she wouldn't have known otherwise if she wasn't right. a fan. Right. I think right. Yeah, I just I definitely think that yeah, like you said, it's just it seems like she just was kind of like a your small town girl who just got caught up in it. I thought of for Neville Sinclair, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Hmm. Because think of him in in the Harry Potter movies where he's, yeah. he's playing like the I wannabe could, wizard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Like, now that yeah, I like could definitely see fraud. that working. Yeah. The wannabe but, bad guy. What the, what the hell is his name? Um, Filch, Professor yeah. Filch. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just definitely. I feel like like going back to they they did definitely. I was like Jesus Christ. They tried to cram a bunch of crap into this movie that, like, the pacing was all weird. But it, like it moved a little too fast at times. Yeah, the, it does definitely move very quick. Um, that's why I, I, you know, Lockhart. when I thought about I was, watching I it a second it was time, Professor I'm like, Lockhart, by the way. Yeah, it works for me. <laughs> you know that, that it does move along pretty quick. You know, you get, you know, 
for example, I, I saw something and I wanted to go back and look at it. And I'm like, you know, it, it did move so quick that I'm like, where did I see that? Uh, because when Jenny grabs um, the plans for the X3 for the jetpack and it had a name on it. And I'm like, I, I thought they were throwing in an Easter egg because there's a name and a date. It says AP, uh, no, what is it? A Peabody 10, 15, 38. And I'm like, wait a second. Peabody is Peavy's last name. And Peavy probably isn't his real name. So I was, I thought they were trying to tell us that, that Peavy actually designed the jet pack. Peavy was a secret Nazi. Well, <laughs> but I think what throws it off is I think that they were, somebody just wrote on the, 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 uh, w- was writing notes to try to find PV and the date was the date, uh, 10, 15, 38. That was the approximate date we're talking about in the movie. And it's very odd that they would have such a specific date in the movie too. But I, I, I was looking for Easter eggs and I guess it really wasn't one. Did you get to, did you find the one where they said that, uh, the Deutschmark like hadn't yeah. been, hadn't been adopted yet? Right. Are you like paying Deutschmarks, you Nazi? Or whatever. Well, did you, <laughs> did you catch, there's a line, um, that, uh, Cliff says, where's your stunt man now, Sinclair? And he says that to Sinclair because, well, he's saying it to Timothy Dalton because Timothy Dalton or Sinclair says, I do my own stunts. And that's a reference to Timothy Dalton doing his stunts in James Bond. Good too. So there was an Easter egg there. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Yeah, man. All right. But come on, Disney. Make this a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd watch it. I'm 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 a fan. I'm a fan of uh of the nineteen forties stuff. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It it is kind of surprising that they haven't done something with this. They actually well, that's not true. They had I guess they had like some Disney Junior animated show based on this, uh, which is like that's such a yeah, strange thing that. to have done. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean Billy Campbell's in it. He's he's right. he's like the the main character's dad or something. Yeah, it's the equivalent to PV or something. Yeah. like Yeah, and they made the Rocketeer girl in it, little girl. Aggressive. Yeah, I don't, which I you don't know, know, great just... parenting, putting a jetpack on your little kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's isn't uh, that the. That seems to be the the theme in all the superhero movies. Send them away. Give, give kids <laughs> give kids powers beyond far beyond their capabilities. Put them in a jet and send them off. That hey that that makes compelling characters. Look at Spider Man. Yeah, there you go. Look at Superman. Look at Reed, Look at Franklin Richards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Orphans in space. There we go. Orphans <laughs> in space. <laughs> It'd be great. It'd be great. All right. All right. All right. We've reached this hour, so uh time to wrap it up. It's been a great night, everybody. Um <laughs> Well, I, I do want to do a shout out. You sure. know, we it, Nick, as as you said, it's been a rough, rough week on celebrities. And we mentioned that Paul Sorvino uh passed away this week. I also want to recognize that a couple other people passed away today alone. Uh Nichelle Nichols, um, the legend. Uh, who was Uhura on Star Trek passed away today at uh, I think what, what 96 I, years old or? no it, it was 89 I think it wasn't 89? even that old yeah and then Pat Carroll another you character she was uh, Ursula in in uh, the Little Mermaid you know saying uh, poor unfortunate soul she passed away and I think she was 95 uh, she passed away today as well um, and Bill Russell, but you know, I don't think we're going to have a lot of Celtics fans around here that are going to know who he is. But um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to give them a shout out and recognize that they passed away. And uh, you know, like you said, Nick, it's been a it's been a rough season for. Uh, for oh yeah, I mean, Polly Walnuts from The Sopranos died earlier this month. Paul Servino. Oh, it's been Ray Liotta earlier this year. It sucks, man. Mm-hmm. Gangsters are dying left and right. <laughs> the evil one died too. David was it David Weber? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Sark, Sark died. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, like like we said, we're 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 at the hour. This was a good talk. Um, until next week, everybody. Uh, next week we'll be uh, covering Prey, 
so look forward to that and uh, watch it ahead of time because we're definitely going Until to spoil then, it. I, I would like to ask our uh, our listeners if they could go on Facebook and look at our Media Monsters. Uh, and our Instagram. Um, and our Instagram, yep, Media Monsters on Instagram and on um, on Facebook. And let us know uh, what you think about, uh, you know, if Disney should make a Rocketeer series and and uh, who would you fan cast for it? Yeah, and um, share this with your friends. Uh, and if, uh, if you like it, if you don't like it, tell us why you don't, and we'll try to in- improve that aspect of the podcast. Have a good week. <laughs> good week, everybody. Orphans! Orphans! In space! In space. In space. In space.